Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Each Thursday on Unfiltered, I'll be bringing on a different anonymous guest to open up about their real life dating experiences. We'll discuss what they went through or are going through, how they navigated it, what they've learned, and what advice they have to anyone else going through something similar. Unfiltered is your reminder that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. If you have a topic that you'd like to discuss on Unfiltered, please email your story to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com to be considered for an episode. Real people, real stories, real life. This is Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Seeing Other People Unfiltered is presented by Mindset Wellness CBD. If you haven't tried Mindset Wellness CBD or any CBD for that matter, you are missing out. Mindset Wellness CBD's products, all of their gummies are gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, organic, and they taste incredible. They have helped my anxiety, they've helped me sleep at night, and I couldn't recommend them more highly. Head to MindsetWellnessCBD.com and use code SEEINGOTHERPEOPLE at checkout for 10% off and free shipping. On today's episode of Unfiltered, I chat with Lindsay and Emily Stetzer, sisters who are living with obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety, which led them to create Presently a mindfulness jewelry company that helps you redirect your thoughts and return to the beauty of the present moment wherever you are. Lindsay and Emily walk us through the different types of OCD, how their diagnosis impacted them, how their OCD does and doesn't affect their daily lives, and more. They open up about how their OCD has impacted their past relationships, present relationships, and current dating lives, and they share the tools that they have learned to not let their mental health hold them back. Treat yourself or a friend to an anxiety-soothing bracelet from Presently this holiday season. Go to thinkpresently.com to check them out and follow Think Presently on all social platforms. If you went on a date this week or you have a date planned for next week or you just made it to a third date, congratulations. Those are accomplishments, you guys. Modern dating is hard. And anytime that we have a little win, we need to celebrate it. That is why I am here encouraging really nudging, really heavily forcing you to go to ourbattermatters.com and check out Batter That Matters and their incredible cookies, specifically their fall collection, because it is mouthwatering and your taste buds will thank you forever. And then you will thank me forever for telling you about Batter That Matters. Their cookies are incredible. And if you're like, oh, but Alana, like I'm gluten-free, so I can't just like eat any like run-of-the-mill cookies. It's like, nope, guess what? They have gluten-free cookies. Oh, but Alana, I'm vegan. Nope, nope, nope. They have those too. Oh, but Alana, I'm gluten-free and vegan. Don't worry. The pumpkin chocolate chip cookies, you can actually eat them. Batter That Matters seriously has something for everyone and I'm obsessed with their cookies. They also are actually made in my hometown, which makes this even cooler and more special. And another reason why I just need you to go to ourbattermatters.com. And if you're like, Anna, why does their batter matter? Well, guess what? Up to 50% of their profits are actually donated to a different charity every season, which is incredible. And their batter truly does matter. So treat yourself celebrate that you went on a date that didn't suck or celebrate that you survived a date that did suck. These are little wins, but we have to celebrate them big because like I said, dating is hard. So ourbattermatters.com. They ship nationwide for free. And of course, use the code seeing other people at checkout that will get you 10% off. We are here with Emily and Lindsay Stetzer. Welcome to seeing other people. Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourself and what you're here to talk about? Thanks for having us. Um, My name is Emily. And I'm Lindsay. And we are here to talk about our experience with OCD um, and how it kind of led us to start this jewelry company that we're really passionate about. And we're sisters. And we're sisters. (laughs) I love that. First of all, I love that you guys were able to do something together. I know every sibling bond is different, but to have a shared passion and shared experience and actually decide like, how can we actually use this and help people together, I think is really incredible. So I'm super excited to dive into that. I'm also really excited to talk about OCD and to really learn more about it because I know we talk about anxiety and how that impacts our dating lives literally every day on seeing other people, but we haven't really gotten into OCD. So why don't we kind of start with like the basics for those who aren't so familiar? Can you guys break down what OCD really is? Yeah. So essentially what it is, it's obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, So you have excessive intrusive thoughts, which are the obsessions. And those thoughts lead to repetitive behaviors, which are the compulsions. Um, So, you know, essentially we're, everybody has, everybody has thoughts that might be a little weird or, you know, disturbing, disturbing, random, 
Um, and most people kind of just like shrug it off and they're like, well, that was weird. I don't know why I thought that. Um, but people with OCD, they kind of get hung up on it. Um, and it brings them a lot of anxiety, a lot of guilt. Um, you know, they think it says a lot about them as a person. They attach, they attach themselves to the thought, which somebody without OCD, um, would not normally do that. It would just kind of be like a thought that kind of comes in and comes out. You know, they know like, oh, I didn't, I don't actually want to do that. So I'm not like worried about it. But someone with OCD, um, it, they really have a hard time letting those things go. And they, um, you know, they bring a lot of anxiety. And so the main goal of these like compulsions are to get rid of the anxiety. Um, so anything that they can do, like to desperately just get rid of the anxiety, any evidence they can find, any reassurance they can find to, you know, let kind of make themselves feel better that they're not those thoughts. But the problem with OCD is that um, it's actually, you know, when you actually give in and allow allow yourself to have the compulsions, it actually is that that's not good for OCD because then you're kind of giving in and and creating a cycle. A cycle. Um, so in cognitive behavioral therapy, they you know they teach you to. Um, you know, break that pattern and, and not give into the OCD and not give into your compulsions. And that is obviously the hardest part because you want that immediate relief and you, you're basically supposed to just like kind of wait it out and sit with it and ride it out. Um, yeah, you have, you have to sit with the anxiety. You have to be like, okay with feeling uncomfortable. And that's a big part of, of OCD and treatment. It's like, you know, accepting uncertainty being okay with feeling like anxious. Like it's like that anxious, like gut wrenching feeling that we just want to get rid of. And the key is to like, just let it go away on its own and live with it. Yeah. Can you give an, like the most basic example of one of these thoughts that could come in that you end up like obsessing over and wanting to do something about, and then kind of just breaking into two pieces of like somebody without OCD, this is what they would be able to do. But if you do have OCD, this is how it stays with you until you can like do something about it. Right. So let's see. I could start off with an example that happened last night. Okay. <laughs> this is new. I didn't hear this one I'm yet. This yet. Um, <laughs> you guys are getting a sneak peek into this. Um, so yesterday I was brushing my teeth and flossing with those like little things that you're supposed to put on a stick. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't the realize that you had to, yeah, the picker. So I was using them just with my hands. And I started like flossing, flossing, trying to get to the back of my mouth, back of teeth. And um, I like took another one, threw, the, threw one away and then took another one. And then like I literally almost choked on it. And I literally was immediately, my thought was like, oh my God, did I choke on this? Did I, am I, did I die? Did I, am I still alive? Um, I have to like kind of tell Emily or tell my family. Um, I need like reassurance. I need to know that it's just OCD thought, like you're fine, all of that. But I didn't I actually waited it out. And that's kind of the whole, pro- the whole purpose of, of CB- CBT is to wait it out and expose yourself to those uncomfortable feelings of unknown, the unknown. And like, here I am today, just kind of like, just telling you about it. You know, if I were to kind of give in to that, um, and, you know, try to get rid of the anxiety and the anxious thought about, you know, did I die from choking? Like, what would you like ask me? What would be that compulsion? I would be like, um, like what if I swallowed one of those, you know, little picks, you know, like, could I, I'm like thinking to myself, I'm already like going in the process of like, how big is it? Is it the same size as like a piece of bread? If I swallowed it whole, like, would it actually get stuck in my throat? And like, I was having these conversations to myself last night before going to bed. Um, and I would probably ask Emily, like, just kind of giving her a heads up that I had this, this, you know, anxious thought. And she probably responds saying, because she has OCD, she's saying, like, you know, I'm not answering that. Like, I'm not giving into the OCD. Um, but for me, because I've been going to therapy for so long, her response and saying, not getting into the OCD was kind of like it's kind of a reassuring response for me so that actually 
is even harder because not for everybody, but for me, it was like, because I, I know that answer and I know that response. It was like, okay, she knows that I, she knows this is something that I'm going through and like, you know. Yeah. So, so, so OCD is tricky in that sometimes, you know, you can, one thing can, can help you overcome the obsession and another thing can help reassure it. Like that mm-hmm. same thing can help reassure it the more times you use it. So you always kind of have to like switch up the way, you know, you kind of like think about something or the tools that you use to help you get through it. Um, and so, yeah, so that that's just one example um, of OCD. Oh, and so if someone doesn't have OCD, you know, they would just be like, oh, oh my God, that, that was so, that, that was so, you know, that was a close one. Yeah. Right. They'd be like, oh, great. Like, I didn't choke on that. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you, wouldn't even, you wouldn't even say that. That wouldn't even be like. Right. A, re- uh, a response it would just kind of be like you had that scary like feeling like you know you were in danger and then that kind of would just you continue on with that because you're, you're not in danger anymore but mm-hmm. OCD is like well I could be in danger there could be this threat I could be I could have choked and not remembered and like died and now this is like the afterlife you know yeah. like that's it just gets like so complex. you know complex and intense um and, and I have to say that, that 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 is the case for everyone that has OCD. Like me and Emily's OCD are very different. Um, I have more of like existential, you know, thoughts and feelings, and and that's kind of where my panic and panic attacks have come from. Is just this like unknown feeling. Um, but Emily's is is much is much different than that. Yeah. So so Lindsay with ex- existential OCD, it's more of like you know, your fear of dying and, you know, is this real? Is life real? Is, you know, like that, that sort of stuff, it gets a little bit more intense. Um, we both have contamination OCD. So, you know, that could be germs that could be, um, you know, getting a disease, disease, um, which can lead to, you know, washing hands and, um, like doing it's, it's not just even washing hands, like, we're like, oh, I, you know, I walked past a person who coughed. I walked near a person who coughed and now I have COVID. So now yeah, I'm going to go. about to-, to say, I can only imagine that like, yeah. COVID was in- incredibly difficult for you. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, the compulsion would be to check my temperature, like every 10 minutes I'd wash my clothes because maybe he coughed on my clothes. Like, you know, it's not just like hand washing. It's like, it goes like beyond that. Yeah. Um, And so another form of OCD, which is interesting for this podcast is relationship OCD. Um, and you know, that could come in the form of, you know, how do I know that this person is right for me? Um, and so everybody has that, that sort of those doubts and fears and, um, you know, it's like a normal part of dating is that like uncertainty, but, um, with someone who has OCD, it might kind of like take over. Um, and so you, you know, compulsion could be, I'm checking my feelings every time I look at this person. I'm, you know, trying to find any evidence that would tell me that this person is right for me. And we all know that like nobody knows that answer. Like mm-hmm. that that's an uncertainty that everybody has to live with. Um and it's just especially hard for someone with OCD because it leads to all of these things that we're trying to find the answer, like actual like compulsions and actions um that definitely like affect a relationship. Um, and it doesn't even like it won't it won't give you any reassurance and it will actually kind of deteriorate the relationship because you're so focused on trying to figure out your feelings and and trying to like figure out what happened in in a certain situation and you're not li- you're not in that moment of being in the relationship right you're trying to make meaning of everything yeah would you say that everybody with OCD has anxiety but not everybody with anxiety has OCD. I would say, yeah, I would say that's, that's pretty accurate because the whole point, the whole, the thing is the obsessions cause anxiety and um, the goal is to get rid of that anxiety for someone with OCD. Um, And the goal for treatment is to live with the the anxiety. Um, 
and, you know, not try to not try to quell the anxiety at all. Um, so I think everybody with OCD definitely has anxiety. But yes, there are like general anxiety where, you know, you're anxious about something and, you know, it, it doesn't come with like a compulsion. It doesn't come with like, I need to know the answer right now. It's it's more of just, you know, general like I'm anxious to, you know, go to this party. Right. And it's not like But it's not obviously it's not as simple as that. Like it's it's they it, they find um somebody with anxiety might not they might get reassurance in another way, but it's mm-hmm. not in the form of O C D. Right. Yeah, so totally. Cool. Yeah. So one question I have, if we can I wanna back up a bit and hear about when you each were diagnosed with OCD and what that experience was like. Cause I'm sure you were experiencing OCD and didn't know what it was. And so I'm wondering how your diagnosis not necessarily helped you, but, but how it changed things for you. And, um, at what point in your lives you both were actually diagnosed with it. So I could start. Um, I, I've had it for like, since I, since I was like I'd say in middle school or even elementary school, but it was more so the, um, you know, the, the OCD where I, I needed to turn a light switch on and off a certain amount of times because somebody would get into an accident. And it was that form that with my life experiences and mine actually came from after I had like a really bad experience smoking. Um, it came out because I was just like sitting in the bathroom one day, sitting on the toilet and um, I had like a panic attack and I never had a panic attack before. I've had, a, I was, I had OCD and I was lining up things and. Um, you but know, you didn't know yet? I didn't know I had OCD. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't know it was, it could get to this form of OCD. So like the, the form of it always morph, um, metamorphosis whatever the word is, um, and more yeah, into <laughs> different types of, of OCD. So that's, that's what was hard for me to understand was that this panic attack that I was having that what, what if I'm dead? What if like, I'm not in the same universe as my family, this existential, you know, anxious thinking. I didn't, I didn't think that that was OCD. I wasn't like immediately like, Oh, this is an OCD thought. I was just like, full-on panic attack mode and couldn't understand what it was and obviously you're so scared to have those feelings and those thoughts but eventually you know my mom um recognized that it was some form of OCD and then that's when I started to go to therapy to kind of talk about it and that's how it kind of like evolved and that's how I understood that it was just an OCD feeling or anxiety um so you're saying that when you had to flip the light switch on and off, you didn't actually, were you not officially diagnosed with OCD? I hadn't gone to therapy. At right. That point. So at that point you just kind of like knew that this was like typical OCD yeah. behavior. Yes. And I'm asking this because I was not, I was like very young at that point. Um, so I actually didn't, wasn't aware of all this stuff that she was going through until, you know, fairly recently. Um, I was just young and, you know, I don't really remember a lot of it. She's six and a half, five and a half years older than me. So um, it's a pretty big um, age gap. Um, But what's kind of interesting about my experience is that I was always like an anxious child. You know, I had separation anxiety. I didn't want to go to school. Um, You know, it, it was really it kind of like, you know, manifested in that yeah it was but but before all of these I'll get into that but um sorry let me backtrack um I right so I was like anxious I also like was a very like guilty child like I would feel bad if I watched a movie that was rated R that my parents told me I couldn't watch you know, and I'd sit there and my friends would be like, let's watch it. It's fine. They'll never know. And I'd literally be in agony. And like, mm-hmm. I'd sit there with my hands over my eyes, just being like, I can't, I can't watch it. I can't, because I didn't want to deal with that guilt of, you know, not doing something that my parents would approve of. 
Um, and so, you know, throughout, you know, middle school, um, it kind of was just like a lot of that stuff. Um, and it was like everything she would kind of have to tell our parents. You'd have to confess. And that's yeah. like a big thing with, with OCD also is like confessing, getting things off your chest and like, you know, it, it's a lot of like guilt, like guilt that you're not a good person. Like, you know, and it stems back to all those, you know, other thoughts. Like if I, you know, another example of OCD, um, is, you know, what, you know, I, th- I thought about my family when I looked at this knife. So does that mean I want to hurt them? So that's like a really like exaggerated, um, version of like that guilt, but it's, but it's really like about like your, you know, questioning your character and, um, you know, feeling like you're not a good person. And I think that like, just looking back now, like all of those, you know, fears of like doing things that my parents wouldn't approve of. I think that was like a big part of it. But again, like I didn't know, nobody knew that that was OCD. They just assumed I was just like anxious and I just, you know, had a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until college where I really started to like, um, really, you know, feel that anxiety, especially with like drinking all the time. And, um, you know, I think that's sort of where, you know, it, it started to manifest for me and like something where I look back and I'm like, oh, okay, that was like OCD. So I wasn't diagnosed until 2016. Um, and even then, like before I went, to, I went to therapy because I was like really, really just anxious. I thought I was just like generalized anxiety disorder. And, you know, when I started talking to my therapist, she was like, you actually have OCD. And I was like kind of surprised and shocked because Lindsay has OCD and my fears are nothing like her fears. And so it shows up differently for everybody. Um, and I think the, the main, like, I think stigma about OCD these days is like, everybody thinks it's just like one thing. It's, I wash my hands, things need to be lined up or, you know, it's very overgeneralized. And, you know, if someone likes their room neat or, you know, is like a little bit anal about something, they're like, oh, I'm so OCD about this. And so that's, that's one of the biggest issues with the stigma around OCD is because it affects so many people so differently. And it's so painful. And it's like a very, you know, disruptive disorder to live with that it like kind of minimizes what they experience. And so, you know, that's why people who advocate for mental health and OCD are so passionate about like, you know, you, you stop using these phrases as like a quirk or like a an adjective that you want to describe yourself as like a neat person or like a control freak or whatever, because it's not, you know, it's not the same thing. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's when I was diagnosed with relationship OCD, um, because at the time I was in a relationship and a lot of my anxiety was from that relationship, I think. Um, and so, yeah, I just like learned a lot when I went to therapy. Yeah, I definitely want to get into the like dating and relationship aspect of this. So I'm glad you brought that up. And I know, so backstory, Emily and I went to college together. So I know about like the relationship you're talking about. And what I'm curious about is in before you knew that you had OCD, before you got like were diagnosed with it by your therapist, um, what, and I know you touched on it a little before, but like how was it affecting your relationship? And looking back, what are the things that you could like actually pinpoint and be like, oh, that was my OCD rather than like that, like, because I know sometimes we're like, oh, like I'm just being crazy or like they might like, like he probably thinks I'm crazy, stuff like that. But it's like, it's not, that's not what it is. And there's actually like a rhyme and reason to it. Um, But I can imagine that that was really difficult to experience, not really understanding what it was and why it was happening. Yeah. So um, definitely, I think, I think at the time I was just, you know, again, I just thought I had anxiety. Um, and so, you know, the way it comes up in relationships is it's tricky because the same fears that, you know, someone with OCD would have about their relationship, anybody can have about their relationship. 
sorry. Um, anybody can have anybody can have those kinds of fears about their relationship. So, you know, like I was saying before, um, is this person right for me? Um, how do I know we're going to be happy when we're, if we get married, um, you know, what if, you know, he doesn't pay the check one time, what does this mean about him? Um, and so those are the things that are really like sometimes tricky to decipher. Um, and so some of those compulsions would be, you know, um, you know, subtly kind of like asking reassurance questions, like, you know, you love me, right? Or, you know, little like things that you try to come off, like, at least this was for me, things that try to, you know, you come off as like a normal question, but you really just like need that reassurance that like, he's feeling this way about you. And so, you know, it's analyzing everything, asking questions, and essentially like your like, idea of like an annoying girlfriend, like that's, that's what that is. Um, but then it gets more into, so that stuff, like looking back, like, yes, I know that that was in like OCD and anxiety, but I also think that it was just like, you know, this person wasn't right for me. And so there were these things that like bothered me. Um, but it's hard to, to know when that stuff is real. Like, that's the hard part too. It's like, basically like for me, because OCD has been a part of my life for so long up until recently it's been really hard to understand what what Lindsay feels and what Lindsay knows to be the truth because a lot of it has been so much in my head and so much in just like anxiety and all that stuff that I never like I never knew how to trust my gut I didn't know what my gut felt like because it was so consumed with anxiety all the time and and anxiousness and fear and all of that and it's still hard for me to like understand like when something is right and when something is wrong for me because it's like so hard to just trust my gut when there's so much going on in my head mm -hmm. and all this stuff in my head has also like led itself to attach with certain feelings that I have and it gets complicated but Anyways. Yeah, no, that was a really good way to put it. Um, it's it's a lot about like we we say this thing like listen to wise mind, which is actually one of the phrases on our bracelets, um, which we'll talk about later. Um, but um, essentially, it's like you know you gotta kind of like wise mind is essentially rational mind and emotional mind. It's like that middle ground. It's that like sweet spot where you're like okay, like I'm feeling this, I know this, this is, you know, take what you feel and what you know to inform what you do. That's sort of like, kind of like the mantra behind that. Um, so that that's helpful in those sort of like everyday, you know, um, sort of like more common concerns that show up in relationships in general. But then there's these other things that that show up that are like, you know, of course, at the time I just... I didn't really know what it was. Again, I just thought I was just anxious and I was being quote unquote crazy. Um, but it would be, you know, I'd be like out with my friends, you know, in college and, you know, a thought would pop up. Like, what if I, what if, you know, what if I looked at this other person this other way and I thought he was attractive? Like, what does that mean? Like, does that mean I want to cheat on him? Does that mean I don't actually like him? Um, and then like, you know, the next morning it would be like, what if I cheated and I don't remember, you know? And like, right. even if you don't, even if you're, you know, you're not blacking out, you know, and you do remember your night that, that fear still comes up because there's like, you know, what if you just don't remember? Like, that's, that's a big thing with OCD as well. It's like, it's called real event OCD where you're just like constantly checking your memory and, you know, um, you know, nervous that you know your memory is just not serving you right now and you you know it's possible that you did something um another one that's like kind of way like off left field but like it's just another example of how it manifests in like so many different ways um one morning I think I you know was at his apartment I found a rip in my pajamas that was like in a perfect like straight line. Like it was just like the way the material was. But my thought was, did he use scissors when I was sleeping? And did he try to like, you know, 
cut through my pajamas. And so, of course, anybody would be like, that is a crazy thought. Like, why would you even think that this? And it's not like this person would do anything like that. And it doesn't matter to OCD. Logic doesn't matter. It's more, um, you know, if a thought pops into your head, that's that's it. That's the end of it. You're you're totally obsessed. You're trying to find the answer. Um, and so, you know, the compulsion would be, you know, do I see any scissors on the nightstand? Like, I would kind of like bring it up, like, look at this, isn't this like a weird, like rip in my pajamas, you know, like, like things like that. And so that's when it sort of gets less tricky to decipher whether that's OCD and whether that's just like real relationship, um, you know, concerns and doubts. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. And like with the, with the, you know, the fear of cheating, which I actually just learned is like a subtype of OCD. Um, meaning like tons of people have this fear. Um, it would be, you know, checking my memory, asking my friends, like, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure all my friends can attest to me asking questions like you were with me, right. Or, you know, I wasn't talking to anybody at this point, was I, you know, like things like that, that even like your friends might not be like, that's a weird question to ask. Cause it's not that weird to ask. Um, you know, like if someone's like nervous about something, but when you have no reason or there's no facts backing up your fear. Um, and you're still worried about it, that's like, you know, that's typically, you know, character of OCD. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. And that's got to be tough. I mean, everything you described, like, even without having OCD, it's like, I, I still, of course, have doubts and questions and fears. And even navigating those, while being able to like think rationally about them, Mm -hmm. just like with my anxiety, and sometimes not being able to think rationally about them, like I just, it it sounds like really, really difficult to navigate. So I'm sure before you like found out that you were actually diagnosed with OCD, that was just so confusing and yeah. mm-hmm. and scary. Um, and so my next question is once you got your diagnosis and knew that you had OCD and started to learn how to cope with it and how to navigate it, what was dating like and what was it like getting into a new relationship with a new person and actually communicating like hey I have OCD and some of these things might happen um and Lindsay I'm curious what your dating experiences have been as well yeah so you want me to go first so um yeah after being diagnosed um obviously was like very hard in the beginning but like you know after years of like learning all these tools and learning, you know, how my behaviors are impacted by my thoughts and how those behaviors lead to more, you know, anxiety and more OCD symptoms. Um, I was really able to kind of like rein it in. And like, that's not to say I didn't have moments where it was like, you know, really hard for me to not give in to the OCD. Um, but I was definitely much more in control of it. Um, and so, you know, when I started dating, I um, I don't think I really mentioned it to like every single person I went on a date with. Um, but with, you know, my current relationship, it kind of came up really fast. And I think it obviously just depends on the person that you're with. Like if you're feeling comfortable, um, you know, letting that information out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I would just, you know, kind of say like I have OCD, um, you know, it affects me this way, that way, whatever. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's great when a person, you know, is, is more curious than like judgmental. Um, and so that was sort of my experience. Um, but the ways it sort of like manifests now is that same, like, you know, what if this person's not right for me? Um, what if, you know, what if things don't work out? Like, you know, what if, our views aren't the same, like those sort of concerns, which are like normal, like doubts and questions in any relationship. And I think an important thing to know is like, if you're having doubts, that doesn't mean that, you know, that's the answer. Like, it doesn't mean that your mind is like secretly telling you like, this isn't right for you. It's normal to have these doubts and how you react to them and how you deal with them is how you know, successful, I think your relationship is going to be. Um, right. It's healthy to have doubts. Um, 
And so the way I would deal with that now is, you know, sometimes when, sometimes I let the OCD kind of like slip in. So like, for example, if we're like saying goodbye on the phone, like kind of like paying attention to like who says I love you first. And like, not not to say that that's like really interfering as much, um, but it is something that like, you know, I think about. And if I like, you know, if I like say it first, it's almost like the exposure, you know, because I'm not waiting for him to say it. And I'm like, you know, I don't need that like reassurance right now. And I'm not going to give in and I'm not going to have that be like a habit that I build where I wait for somebody else to say it. Um, and, you know, there's also like more like asking reassurance questions in like a sneaky way. So like if I, I don't know, for some reason he, I can't, I, I can't even say it's like any, any mundane thing. If I'm like, having like doubts or feeling a little bit like insecure, like I might ask some questions like, you know, what do you think of this outfit? Or like, it's almost like fishing a little bit, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think everybody does. I think it's just when it gets to the point where it's like disruptive and really affects your relationship, that's when it becomes more of like a problem. Yeah. Um, Because you're focusing on the wrong thing. Right. You're not, you're not, in the moment you're so focused on the answers and the reassurance and the, the right answer, but like, you're not focusing on what's happening in the moment, you know, and that's what, what's hard is that's what kind of gets lost. You know, you get taken you, all of city, you get sucked out of the present moment. Yeah. That's, that's um, a big thing. Um, and I think just to like wrap up my story situation, um, I am like lucky enough to have someone who like understands what I'm going through and like isn't afraid to kind of like challenge me. And so he knows by now what questions are are being ignited by OCD. And so, you know, like Lindsay was saying, you know, having family and you know a partner that says I'm not answering the OCD right now or like, you know, things like that where they're not like giving into the reassurance they're not going to answer your questions it like just helps you get stronger and build that resilience and get comfortable with like just not knowing the answer and it's okay yeah Um, yeah. absolutely and I think it's important to to know that like that he you have a partner who is going to do that for you because I'm sure if you have somebody who's not going to be receptive to that and not going to work through it with you like that's just not someone that's not a relationship that's going to work. And I mean, we all have things, whatever it is, and we all have like past experiences that impact the way we date and the way we show up in relationships and, and to find somebody that is going to be patient with you because of that, like that's Mm -hmm. ultimately what matters. And so I, I really like going back to what you said about how, when you told him he was curious rather than judgmental, of course, to start off, like anytime you communicate something like that, or let someone know like, Hey, I have OCD like their response says a lot about them. Um, but I'm wondering for anyone, let's say anyone who's listening, if they are across the table on let's say like a fourth or fifth date with somebody and that person says to them like, hey, I have OCD, what would be like the best way for them to respond? I think that's a really big thing that I love to kind of bring to the conversation on episodes like this where a lot of the people listening might not have OCD, but they might end up dating somebody who does. And so I think it's really important to learn how to have those conversations in the most supportive way. You want to take that? Okay. Um, yeah, I think definitely like in today's day and age, you never know what a person's going through. And so it's super important to be, like I said, curious, not not judgmental or just, you know, not jumping to conclusions, um, definitely having compassion. Um, and I think, you know, if someone says to you like, Oh, I have OCD, um, you know, something you could say is, okay, like, what is, can you tell me a little bit more about that? I'm not really sure, you know, what it is as opposed to going like, Oh, you know, same, I have OCD. I love my room to be clean, you know? So that's like a really important thing too, is just to like get someone else's um, you know, experience as opposed to 
trying to relate to something that you don't really know about. And that's okay if you don't know about it. It's just, you know, just ask the questions and, you know, the person will, if they're, you know, open enough to tell you that they have OCD, I'm sure they'll help explain it to you. Um, you know, if they're not ready to share everything, don't push that as well. Um, but I think just being there and being like, like supportive, supportive and, you know, you know, not, not being like, oh, does that, does that mean you're going to like control everything? Like, you know, it's like, it's just being compassionate, being understanding and being curious. I think that's, and being patient, like super patient. And I think that's, you know, super important. Love that. Lindsay, let's talk a little bit about what, how your OCD has kind of manifested in your dating life. Cause I'm definitely curious to hear, especially knowing that you guys have different kinds of OCD. Yeah. So, um, my OCD has, it's different. It's similar, but also definitely different than Emily's OCD when it comes to dating. Like my, um, dating experiences, like on first dates, even, or even just on the apps currently. Um, it's so interesting. Like I'll, I'll be on an app and I see a guy and see their profile and something about it just like gives me a very strange feeling or just like I don't like something in the photo and I immediately see that as okay no I can't take this guy like it's just not not for me um and it might not even have to do with him it just might have to be with something that I'm relating to whatever I see in the photo um or whatever he says on his like profile if I have like a, you know, an uncomfortable feeling from it, I automatically dismiss him, you know, and that's hard because there, you're always gonna like, just because you, you know, just because you read something that you don't, that gives you an uncomfortable feeling, not to say that like, you know, you should always pursue it, but it's just like understanding what it actually is triggering that feeling is it OCD or is it actually like no you don't agree with that person or no you don't have the same feelings or beliefs or anything like that and a lot of it my OCD comes up in I feel like passes judgment and um determines who I swipe right or swipe left to um and that's that's always difficult and kind of that I'm still trying to navigate you know, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain, but I guess that's how I explained it. But even on like, even dating wise, like my OCD has like, even when I was on dates, like for the first time, like I, for me saying that I have OCD, like I, I'm proud of it because I think it's made me who the person I am today. It's maybe the person I am. Um, and it's given me like a lot of insight into just like people and just like seeing them and seeing like, you know, everyone for whatever they have and whatever reason they have and kind of being compassionate and understanding of anything that anyone's going through. So I see it as like a positive trait that I have. Um, and I'm, I always just like say it like automatically, like, hey, you know, like also fun fact, like I have OCD. Um, <laughs> yeah, the fun fact. I think that's great. That's a great way to put it. Um, because it is interesting. I mean, it is such a complex, but, you know, a huge part of someone's life, but it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Like it, it, there is a lot of good that comes out of it. And I think that that's what I've kind of always try to, whenever I talk to somebody and whenever when anyone's struggling with something, it's like, there's so many things that you've learned from it and that you've grown from it that I wouldn't have changed anything. Like, although the experiences I had were really hard, like very, very hard and very unsettling and disturbing and all of that, like I've grown into somebody that can have so much compassion for someone and understand that, whatever they tell me, I, I can, I can feel for them. Like, you know what I mean? And, and that I can see everyone and, and I feel like I'm, I'm good at, you know, um, understanding what people are going through because I've been 
through a lot of it, you know, or through different aspects of it. Um, and that makes an interesting conversation, you know, on your first date, like, and some people, I mean, there would be some guys that probably aren't interested in getting to know me and, and my complexities and like, you know, sometimes like my weird jokes and weird, um, things about me, but like, I'm, I'm interested in dating people that are, you know, yeah, well, it's like a great filtering system for the first date, you know, if you can't, if you're not comfortable with it, then that's fine. It's just great. You won't continue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that I, I love how you've turned it into a really beautiful thing and, and something that has taught you so much. And yeah, I think it's, it's great. I love that how you bring up as a fun fact. And then the way, like, of course you are a complex person. We all are. And if somebody across the, the table from us or at, at the bar with us doesn't want to learn more about that and also share what they've been through and, and their yeah. complexities, then boom, done, like on to the yeah. next. And, yeah, and I actually exactly. think it's, it's really great how you've turned that into a, a tool to help filter. Um, and going off of how you've made this like such like a wonderful thing. And rather than kind of looking like down on yourself about it, you're turning it into a a great thing. That is a perfect transition into (laughs) presently because that, I mean, you guys really did take what, what you've been through and said like, how can we help other people? And so I'd love to hear about how you decided to start presently and, and when you started it and just to give everyone a little bit of background on what presently is. Yeah, so presently um, sort of started as a personal, you know, need. So I, you know, during COVID, obviously, very, very anxiety ridden period in everybody's life. Um, You know, I, that was happening. And you know, my current relationship turned long distance. Um, and so combined, you know, with that anxiety and dealing with like all this uncertainty about COVID and uncertainty about, you know, this long distance, I needed something that was going to help, you know, get me out of my own head. Um, and I think I was just frustrated with myself because I'm like, I spend all this time in therapy. I learn all these tools um, I'm prepared for all of these, you know, these anxious thoughts and, and feel like periods of anxiety, but for the life of me, I can't remember in that moment of intense anxiety, like what I'm supposed to like say to myself, like if I, my therapist were next to me, like, what would she say? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's, you know, and, and I don't go to therapy anymore. It actually just, I just, um, I guess that like you could say I'm on a hiatus, um, when presently started, which I think is just like an interesting message in itself. Um, but you know, you, someone with OCD, like you're not really meant to be in therapy for life. Like you um, obviously can, and like some people do and some people don't, but it's really the point of therapy is to like teach yourself how to, you know, kind of pep talk you through these anxious moments. Um, and so, you know, in cognitive behavioral therapy, there's all these tools that, um, can kind of like shift your mindset and disrupt the pattern of unproductive thinking, um, ground you in the present moment, all of those things kind of help you live with anxiety. It's not getting rid of your anxiety. It's just helping you live with it. Um, and helping you like stay, in the present and not let it be as disruptive. I think that's the main goal of cognitive behavioral therapy. And so I, you know, this was the time where all the like beaded bracelets were were popular, like the kind of like campy, you know, white circle letter bracelets. And I was like, that might be interesting for me to like find a phrase that might, you know, help remind me of the tools that I've learned. Um, And I couldn't find anything like I, for some reason, couldn't think of any of the phrases also that my like therapist thought was, you know, kind of teaching me. So I like was Googling like, you know, helpful phrases for OCD. And um, yeah, I couldn't really like, <clears throat> I wasn't finding anything. Um, and it just kind of was interesting that that was like sort of like a gap in, you know, in culture and like 
I guess retail, you could say, where like there wasn't really not not only were, were there no phrases that weren't like you know meant to like specifically help me um, on jewelry, but there also just like wasn't like I don't know if I wasn't searching it for it properly, but there wasn't really you know a specific resource for something that had just like a phrase you know like of course there's explanations and there's tools and there's um you know tips but it wasn't anything like I was looking up like affirmations for OCD and Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't really find anything and so I finally found remembered a phrase on my own um that Lindsay actually taught me before I even knew I had OCD and something that my therapist always brought up is um my thoughts are passing clouds and so I remember that whenever I like thought of that phrase, I kind of like really felt all of like tension release because to me, my thoughts are passing clouds means, okay, you just had this thought. Um, it's just a thought and you're going to like, you're going to observe it. You're going to let it kind of fade away into the distance. And, you know, that's that. And so that sort of helped me really not react to the thought so much as you know just you react by not reacting at all essentially um and so that's the phrase that sort of sparked it um and I you know went to Lindsay and I was like I feel like we should like this would be like a great thing for people to have and like I'm not seeing it anywhere and you know something that also stuck out to me was you know something like you know, mantra band or other bracelets that have like, you know, inspirational phrases on them. And a lot of them are like, you know, think happy thoughts and positive vibes only and don't worry, be happy. And like, those are the reminders that some people need, but essentially those aren't helping. Those aren't helping somebody, somebody with anxiety, right? Because you're not trying to push away your anxious thoughts. You're, you're seeing the reality that anxiety is here and it's here to stay. And, um, the best way to deal with it is to, you know, let it in and feel it and remind yourself that you can get through it. Um, and I wasn't, we weren't seeing that, you know, in any other space. And so, yeah, it just sparked that idea. And then simultaneously in the background, I have always like, always wanted to like write a book or even do like a blog even though I, I you know it's hard for me to write my thoughts because my thoughts are just always crammed in my head but um Emily has written a lot of my mm-hmm. ideas down and um translated into a great um blog or a paragraph um but I always wanted to write a book on like my experience with OCD because um for me like if I had something or had known somebody that was going through something that I had gone through that had these scary thoughts that like, am I alive? Is my art, am I in an alternate universe? Those kind of scary, very intrusive thoughts. Like I didn't know that that was what other people had. And like, for me having, if I had known that that's a a common thing that is part of OCD, it probably would have, um, gotten me gotten me to where I needed to be quicker not that I didn't it's not that I didn't get there but it's just it it's it was a struggle you know Mm -hmm. and it and it took a lot of time and effort on my end and on my life and my family's life and um you know it was just something where if I knew that somebody was experiencing these same thoughts and feelings like that common ground it would have been really helpful and I think that like for, for Emily, having me, you know, be here and be, and have gone through a lot of the things that she's going through and maybe not also have the same experience, but just knowing that that's part of OCD and that we help each other, you know, get through these moments of like uncertainty and just fear and anxiety because we see the commonality in our, in our own experiences. So like having a resource where, we wanted to provide others with that like connection and, and um, commonality that we're all experiencing something. And it's um, 
it's all very, it's similar, but it's also very different, but you know, we'll, we can help you guide you and help you, you know, um, get you to understand or get you to kind of experience what the tools that we've used and that can help you experience those and, and find, um, a better way to live with anxiety. And my goal and my, like, and I, our mission is just to like, be that sister for others, you know what I mean? Like be that support for others, because I think that is such an important tool in OCD because a lot of people that experience these unpleasant thoughts and fears and anxieties think that they're struggling, think that that they're alone, think that there's something wrong with them, think that they're, this is like, why am I, why, why do I have these feelings? No one else does. But the crazy part is, is that a lot of people have the same fears and anxieties and feelings and it's common. It's normal. Like and how, however weird you think your thoughts are in specific, I will guarantee you there's somebody else, at least 10 other people in this world that have, have had the same thought. I don't, I don't know how many, 10 other people, I'd say uh, like a hundred thousand. Yeah. I don't know how many times yeah. like we'd, we'd come across someone on Instagram who'd be like, Oh my God, I literally had that same thought. Like, and it's like a disturbing random thought. Yeah. Like, she had the same thought. And so it's comforting to know that like, you're not alone. And we're built, and we built this like platform and we're building this, you know, uh, company based on this idea of sharing our own stories. So like everyone sharing their own experiences, whether they feel comfortable and if they don't feel comfortable, then they can just listen and hear and read about us. Um, but it's, you know, finding that commonality between people with OCD and anxiety. Um, and, you know, being the platform where we kind of share and make that um, a discussion more of like, as opposed to just keeping it inside and harboring all these feelings, because yeah. it's tiring, you know, and it's exhausting. Absolutely. I mean, all we all want to feel is that like, we're not alone and we're not the exactly. only one going through what we're going through. And, and I, I mean, what you guys are doing is so incredible, not just because you're giving people like tools that can actually help them go like get through what they're experiencing, like with the bracelets and, and the different phrases that you've learned can help, but you're also providing people with a community and, and like being a sister to somebody and letting people know like, Hey, you, your thoughts are normal. Like you're not alone. And that's like, I really believe is like one of the most important things we can do in this world is like, let other people know that what you're experiencing is normal. And like you are not the only one dealing with this. You're not the only one who's thought this thing. And like, I just think, I mean, even like, like you said, like you wished when you were like, when you were growing up, if there was like a book you could have read or somebody else you could have heard from that had experienced that. It's just like the more people can do like what exactly what you guys are doing, like the better we all will be for it. And And it's crazy because I feel like with mental health, it's such an, um, it's such a not talked about subject. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, because everything is all in your head and mental and like part of your thought process, the fact that nobody speaks about it makes it worse, you know? It's so so like, isolating. Like a perpetual cycle. Yeah, yeah. So like the fact to break down these walls and to bring mental health into the world and say like, yes, it's a thing. Yes, it's normal. And yes, people experiencing and are go through it and are going through it. Um, and there are tools to help. Yeah, and yeah. there are tools, right, exactly. So like making making that, um, interrupting that silence. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, thank you guys for doing what you're doing. Um, I'm, and thank you guys for coming on here and talking about this. I mean, I know I learned a lot and I'm really excited to hear everyone else's thoughts and hopefully there are some people here. I, I, I guarantee there are people who listen to this being like, Oh my God, I thought these things too. And I thought that I was alone. And and that's, that's what this is all about. So where can everyone find presently and learn more about it and and follow you guys on Instagram and check out the bracelets? Yeah. So, um, go to think presently on every platform. (laughs) Um, we are presently, Um, but unfortunately that is a common word and it's taken like everywhere. (laughs) So we are at thinkpresently.com on Instagram at thinkpresently. Um, same with Facebook, Twitter. So yeah, think presently. (laughs) Yay. Well, thank you guys so much. Truly like this has been an absolute honor and I'm so excited to 
just help more people and, and let more people know that, that they're not alone. And, um, yeah, definitely throw them a follow. I mean, I've learned so much just from following you guys. Like I <laughs> seriously, I've learned so much and, and your content is amazing. Um, and yeah, go follow them, go check out the bracelets. I, I have one, I got the brave, the uncomfortable one and I wear it every day and I absolutely love it. Um, and I'm just so excited and grateful. Thank you guys. Yeah, thank you for your support and yeah, having us on here. Of course. All right, everyone who tuned in, thanks for listening. And I will talk to you guys soon.